Young Pro Show, hosted by Dom Fry, the insurance guy. Would you still do something great if nobody ever saw it? A podcast for young professionals to come together and talk about their goals and their path to get there. And if I fail, I'll fail forward. I sit down with other forward-thinking individuals and talk about what they are doing to accomplish their dreams of tomorrow. Maintaining strength while living in your purpose. Mm. Now let's dive into the next legendary episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Young Pro Show. I'm your host, Down Fry, the insurance guy. Uh, really excited for today's episode. Before I get into her introduction, uh, last episode, great episode with my brother, with Alex Fry, just talking about you know his career path uh, and his short career, and just you know where the Lord has pulled him to different directions, pulled him and his wife to you know make a geographic change in their lives, and then after teaching for five, six, seven years. Uh, something along the lines, he ended up changing his careers um, and just kind of went through a period of part-time jobs and has ended up landing a position at his church now and with giving kayak tours. So really exciting um, period in his life and just a lot of great nuggets from him in the last episode. Today's guest is uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, actually, I think I'm pretty sure we've talked about it. I think down the road, you know, through the... I'm pretty sure we're cousins. We are related somewhere. <laughs> if you go deep, go far enough down the family tree. And a really good friend of my wife's as well. So let's welcome on today's guest, Marin Gerbrick. Marin, wow. how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, Such a I, good interact- introduction. A very unique one, that's for sure. Uh, I think your mom always likes to talk about how we're distantly related. Well, it's one I mean, of her favorite things. Yeah, well, you know we are because my your maiden name is a Schaffner, and my grandma's maiden name is a Schaffner. So I forget exactly where along the lines. So I don't know. We're like fourth yeah. cousins, maybe, maybe even sixth. Who knows? Northwest Ohio things. Like Northwest that. Ohio family. Yeah, you, you talk to everyone, and I never knew you for eighteen years of my life, but now I find out that we're family. Right. Weird. Just like uh, just like Vin Diesel from the Fast and the Furious, right? I have never seen any of those movies. I know you're going to be shocked. Oh, well, actually, you're going to be shocked because I've never seen any of them either. What? <laughs> How do you know? That? Because all of the they just came out with a new one, and there's like a thousand memes right now with Vin. I think his name's actually Dom in the movies. Oh. And something about Dom, and but it's that picture of Vin Diesel and everything's about family. Whatever. If you don't know the meme, then you don't understand the joke, obviously. And no, that I has don't. nothing to do with this podcast <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. Um, I'll just okay. ask you some simple questions just to get started, just to get to know you a little bit better. Um, and then we'll kind of dig into the real meat and potatoes of the podcast. Okay. First and foremost, right off the bat, tell me, born and raised, what high school you went to, and you know where you are geographically located today. So born and raised in Wauseon, Ohio. Same as you, right? Were you born in Wauseon? Um, I believe so. Fulton County Health Center. Yeah, there you go. So I was born there, raised there, went to high school at Wauseon High School. Um, yeah, I really loved it. It was a good small town upbringing. Um, grew up out in the country. My husband's a city boy, and for the longest time before we started dating, he thought I grew up on a farm, but that is not true. <laughs> he just couldn't, he didn't understand what it meant to not live in the city. So 
yeah. Um, but we kind of met in the middle. So now we live in Bowling Green, Ohio, which is still fairly country, but has a lot there. So it's a good in-between for us. For sure. That is a good in-between. I mean, you go five, ten miles in any direction, you know, you're going to hit country living and hit out in yeah. the fields. But there is still mm-hmm. enough to do there. And with the university, um, you know, yeah, Bowling Green, I never really thought about that before. But that probably is a pretty yeah. good mix. Oh, I forgot to say as well, I'm pretty sure you are behind my brother and sister-in-law. I think, so obviously I interviewed your husband. Tom Gerbrick was on a previous episode. And now mm-hmm. you guys are the second couple that I've had on the Young Pro wow. Show. Wow. So congratulations. That, that is that is really an honor. <laughs> I mean, sheesh, with such a big podcast like this. Right. Um, right. You know, and the We clearly made it. Yeah. I mean, I get DMs all the time about people trying to be on the show and I just got to sift through them. Um, all right. All right. I don't I turn into a different person when I talk to you, Marin. <laughs> Normally, I'm very serious on my podcast, and now with you today, I'm very, very casual. Wow. I love it. Okay, the next question for you. So you're from Wasion, living in Bowling Green now mm-hmm. with Tom, Tominic, actually. And Tominic, great. Second question for you, then, is what is, uh, outside of, obviously, your career, what is a hobby uh, that you enjoy? Um, so I would say... One of the biggest ones that I've recently gotten into is woodworking. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've always been like really crafty, really artsy, um, but I've recently realized that I really enjoy woodworking. I think especially when we bought our house last year, it gave us a lot of opportunities to build things and just play around. So yeah, I think that's probably one of my biggest hobbies right now. Um, like we were just talking about, we just bought this dining room table from Facebook marketplace and it needs some work, but I'm excited to work on it. Um, Tom and I just built a desk for our office. So that was kind of our most recent big woodworking project, but yeah, that's a a fun hobby that I've recently discovered. Huh? That's pretty cool. I mean, I knew that you were obviously a pretty, uh, like you said, crafts and arts, um, you know, talented in that area, but woodworking, but woodworking, you know, especially in your case and most people's cases, like, I mean, before you had a house, like, what was your practical use of woodworking, you know? Right, exactly. Like when you're, you know, a kid growing up, like, and obviously, I mean, there are some individuals and people that love woodworking, but as far as just doing woodworking for the heck of it, but it's like now that you own a home, now, you know, there is a practical use and it's probably a little right. bit more enjoyable to be able to create those items and then use them within your home. Right. Yeah, I definitely have found myself, like, whenever I'm looking for new furniture or something, just saying, like, you know, why do we have to buy that when we could just make it? And a lot of things are probably way outside of our ability. But, yeah, we've been able to do some things, which has been fun. You go for it. It's your house. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Third question I have for you then, Marin, is what is a unique uh, or what's a fun fact about you or something that most people don't know about you? Oh, gosh. Hmm. A unique fact about me. Um, well, this is but, kind of unique because whenever I say it, people always give me crap. Um, so my favorite season is spring. 
And I feel like people always look at me like I'm crazy when I say that. Because <laughs> like, not many people enjoy just like rainy, dreary weather. Um, but I do. I love rain. I don't know why. Um, and I think it always feels good to get to spring after winter because, I don't know, something about just getting older makes winter worse and worse every year. Um, so I don't know. I've always really enjoyed like getting to spring and when it's like 50, 60 degrees and it's finally getting warm. And then I feel like that first sunny day of spring, everyone is just so happy hmm. and in such a good mood and it feels so good to have the sun out. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's not very unique, but there you go. No, I mean, I can see how, I, I, I mean, I see both sides of it. I can see how people potentially give you a weird looks by it. Um, you know, potentially that there are warm days, but there are cold days and a lot of rain. But at the same time, like, I mean, I agree that, you know, spring is, uh, for somebody that loves the hot weather, I feel like spring is like a sense of hope, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh, like, you know, it's not, the sun's not setting at five o'clock anymore. There's no more snow on the ground. The sun yes. is shining and I can go outside in a reasonable amount of clothes and enjoy it. Yeah. And, you know, it's just the change of the season and it's becoming warmer compared to fall. A lot of people say they love fall, but then fall to me, right. it's like, okay, it's cold because it's, it's a sign of what's to come, which is just getting colder, you know? Right. And then the sun just starts setting earlier and earlier and it's so um, dark. Yeah. I think I really, really love it when we hit daylight savings time and you're like done with the really dark evenings. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That is, uh, yeah, I can see how that could be unique, but I, I agree with yeah, that. I thanks. don't know if I'd say that's my favorite season, but yeah, I agree that that is a good season. Well, I will say, I will disagree with you on summer. I hate summer. <laughs> and I know you love it. Oh, turn Which, up the thermostat. Yeah, you're crazy. Give me all the sunshine I can get. That vitamin C. <laughs> Come on, you're in the health field. Vitamin, vitamin C C's. is vitamin D, Dom. Oh, shoot. Uh, D. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to cut that part out. Yeah, you're going to have to edit that out. <laughs> Don't look dumb. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> the last question then for you, Marin, is today, within your career, what are you doing today? Give me the, so, you know, like the 60-second version. Okay. Well, currently I am an athletic trainer. Um, I work at a high school in Toledo. It's Toledo Christian Schools. Um, I'm technically employed through the University of Toledo Medical Center, which is a hospital in Toledo. And then I'm contracted to Toledo Christian. Um, so yeah, in that job, Every day I go into the school around 1 or 2 p.m., stay there through, like, all the practices or games that they have that afternoon and evening. Um, and basically, I just take care of the athletes. Um, it's really just my responsibility to make sure that they are safe and healthy, and that can cover a lot of different areas and involve a lot of different things. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's a – a short overview of my job right now. Awesome. We will definitely dive into more of this later. I know that, you know, and one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on the show, Marin, uh, I know you're somebody that doesn't necessarily love to, uh, you know, be the most vocal, or the center of attention, <laughs> but you are somebody right. that is very passionate about your career and what you are doing. And, yeah. you know, those, um, 
common um, misinterpretations, I guess, or that yeah. people have on in the athletic training industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to dive into that, but actually we're going to dive into that later. Right okay. now, we're going to go back in time. We're going to go to 18-year-old Marin Schaffner. You graduate <laughs> from Wauseon High School. You know, at that point, what were your career goals? What direction did you want to go towards? So when I was 18, I don't know, probably sometime when I was in high school, I got it into my head that I was going to be a sports psychologist. And so by the time I was 18, I was really, really set on that and really excited to do that. I have no idea where I got that idea from. <laughs> I, like, I don't think I read any books about sports psychology. I don't think I saw any documentaries or anything. I have no idea where I got it into my head that I wanted to be a sports psychologist. But yeah, I feel like at some point I, that just kind of dawned on me and the more research I did into it. Um, yeah. The more I just really loved the idea of doing that. Wow. So <laughs> yeah, I did not know that. So sports psychologist. So then, um, I mean, obviously I know cause we went to school together. So you went to Heidelberg university. Yep. Uh, you know, we grew up, uh, I mean, I literally live three miles from your high school. We grew up probably five, maybe seven miles from each other. Yeah. I had no clue who you were until college, <laughs> until we started uh-huh. Heidelberg University together. So you wanted to be a sports psychologist. What was your major then, day one, at Heidelberg? So, or I like, I I mean, did you go to Heidelberg with the intention of, you know, the sports psychologist dream? Um. Yes and no. So I probably could have done a better job of choosing a school that could help me become a sports psychologist. With Heidelberg being so small, I really had to be creative in how I went about that. But there was also a professor in the psychology department at Heidelberg who was really passionate about sports psychology, and she kind of did that on the side. And so she was a big reason why I chose Heidelberg. Um, and I really like, I consulted her a lot as I was like going through the process of choosing a college. So yeah, Heidelberg, I would say is not probably wasn't the best choice for me to become a sports psychologist, but I made it work. Um, so yeah, going into Heidelberg day one, I had decided to double major in psychology and athletic training. And so at the time, I really did not do any research into the athletic training program. I really just figured, like, all right, I need to do the psychology aspect, and then I need to do the sports side of it, whether that was athletic training or exercise science or whatever. They were all the same to me. So, yeah, that's where I was day one of Heidelberg. Wow. That is interesting. So, yeah, you know, and obviously it's worked out, you know, like fine. Um uh, you know, you becoming an athletic trainer, but how do you feel looking back on it now? And you had this professor that like, you know, I'm sure it was obviously like an encouragement role, but also, you know, was trying to convince you to come to Heidelberg and then you got to Heidelberg and then you realized, Hey, sports <laughs> psych is not really a possibility here. Yeah. Like, yeah. do you feel weird about that? Or is that just a, you know, or, you know, or maybe like, okay, I could have made it work if I really wanted to. And I ended up just changing passions or. Um, yeah. So I think I definitely could have like had success if I had continued down that path. I think Heidelberg would have really prepared me well for that. Um, 
but it's pretty funny that professor and I like still have a good relationship. I ended up doing my like senior capstone paper with her. She was my faculty advisor. So we still had a really good relationship, but um, this, the professors in the psych department really love to give me a hard time because <laughs> my freshman year, I went through the whole year. I was double majoring in psychology and athletic training. And then at Heidelberg, there's this end of year award ceremony for students. And at the end of my freshman year, I got the award for outstanding freshman in psychology. And it was, I had literally dropped my psych major like a week before that and none of them knew it. So I felt so bad that they had, they had given me this award and this gift along with it. And little did they know that I had just dropped my psych major. So yeah, and I continued to take psychology classes throughout my four years because I still love psychology. And so all the professors loved to give me a hard time whenever I was in their class. Wow, that is funny. Yeah. I think uh, so. I really like the spring season, but I think that might be a better fun fact about you. Just yeah. a future reference. Uh, okay. I think that's a good fun fact that you got the award when at the time you weren't even a psych major. Yeah, uh, that that is a good fun fact. I'll that use is that. funny. So let's unpack a little bit, I guess, in that first year then. You know, you've mentioned here you were the double major. By the end of the year, you dropped the psychology, but the sports psychology was initially what you really want to get into. So mm-hmm. I guess a couple questions is what what changed in that year, and what was there one moment or what, you know, uh, one moment or multiple moments that over the course of the year that you said, you know what, I really like athletic training, and this is the path that I want to go down. Yeah. Um, so I guess originally I really liked the idea of sports psychology because I loved sports. I had a lot of respect for athletes and what they push their bodies to do. And I love the idea of getting to work with athletes every day and make them better and help them just like, yeah, be good at their sport and do what they loved. Um, so that was kind of my driving force for doing sports psychology. And I love yeah, psychology and um, love the idea of being a therapist. So freshman year, I had to sit down and figure out what classes I would take each semester for my four years. And once I did that, I realized that double majoring, I would have had to take either 17 or 19 credit hours every single semester of my four years Hmm. in order to get both degrees. So... That seemed like a lot to me. Um, I don't know if you have ever taken a semester of 17 or 19 credit hours, but it's a lot. And I really just wasn't sure if I wanted to do that. Um, So that was one part of it. Another part is I had been having discussions and meetings with this professor um, and really found out that I would need to go on and get my doctorate to become a sports psychologist. Hmm. And so going into undergrad, I really had, I didn't really have plans of going on to get my doctorate. Um, I would have been okay with a master's, but yeah, I just didn't really want to put in those extra years after undergrad. Um, And then I would say the third big thing was freshman year when you're, you have to apply to be in the athletic training program at Heidelberg. Um, That's how it is in most programs. But as a freshman, you're doing observation hours. So really, you're just in the athletic training room every day. 
Um, you're with different teams on different weeks and you're just watching the athletic trainers work and watching what they do. And so the more I was in that environment, the more I was seeing athletic trainers work every day, um, the more I realized that's, that's like actually what I wanted to do. So, yeah, I feel like it was a few different things, um, but putting them all together, it really made it clear to me that, yeah, I really, I did not want to have an impossible four years at college. Hmm. And I think athletic training was my, was becoming my, my real passion more than sports psychology. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess one clarification I want to make real quick. I, off the top of my head, I know I had one semester of 18 credit hours, um, but I will say my business classes were, I don't know if my three hours in the business world were quite the same as your three hours in the athletic training. So Yeah, that's probably true. You know, when you say 17 to 19 credit hours uh, for, you know, business, that's like probably 25, like 28 credit hours, <laughs> which, yeah, I can see how that would be a little intimidating then. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> regardless, yeah, no, I mean, I understand <laughs> What you're talking about with the, you know, potentially a little intimidating to think of your doctorate and just the significant, you know, additional schooling that you would need. But I, I mean, I think it's also cool, you know, being able to look back now and see how for you the in that freshman year, those observation hours are, you know, really what kind of helped a part of, you know, what helped like pinpoint you wanting to go into athletic training. You know, yeah. um, you know, that is different. I mean, there are very few majors that have that opportunity, you know, right. where it's like you're, right. uh, um, you know, I'm trying to think like an intern or like a, almost know, like an apprentice. Yeah. 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 You know? And you're, you know, you're right there. You get to see the athletic trainers. You get to see the other students that are a part of the program that, you know, are older and the different things that they're able to do. Obviously you're forming a relationship with the athletes. Right. And, you know, be, I mean, I just think that's, that's very unique to athletic training, but it's cool that that is a partial, you know, critical role in what made the difference for you in deciding this is what I will actually want to do, you know, and making yeah. a slight diversion from, you know, the sports psychology into the athletic training. Right. Yeah. I've actually, I've thought a lot about how I feel really blessed to have been in a program in college that, yeah, basically allowed me to see the real world of athletic training while I was doing my education. I think a lot of careers and career paths don't really have that opportunity. So, yeah, I've thought a lot about how that has just made me a really good athletic trainer. And I think that's one thing that athletic training education as a whole does very well. It's, yeah, definitely a positive. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So let's go in. So, you know, obviously you end up graduating from Heidelberg, you know, off mm -hmm. the top of your head was there, you know, so you decided to be an athletic trainer based on the observation hours in those next three mm -hmm. years. Then was there one or two like critical moments then that really made you or maybe classes or experiences that made you like go from, yeah, I'll be an athletic trainer to like, I love my degree and I love mm. what I am studying. Yeah. Yeah. I would say one big thing. Um, so my sophomore year, one of the professors in the athletic training program encouraged me to apply for this position. So basically what it was, um, 
within each state in the in the country, there's an athletic training organization, and then there are different regions within the country where multiple states get together um, and have like a regional organization. And so essentially um, there's like the professional organizations and then there are student organizations that kind of mirror how the professional ones work. Um, Hopefully that made sense. Yeah. But he encouraged me to apply for a position within the Ohio, it's called the Ohio student Senate. Um, within the athletic training organization. And so I applied, got the position. And so essentially my position was to become the president of that student organization. And then as the president for Ohio, I was also a part of the Great Lakes Regional Student Organization. Um, So yeah, in that position, I got to go to athletic training conferences here speakers all the time, get to know older, wiser athletic trainers, and really just see how the professional world of athletic training functioned. Hmm. Um, I really was able to do a ton of awesome networking as a student, which so many students do not get the opportunity to do. And so I think that was really huge for me because there's, I mean, the profession of athletic training, if you were involved And if you get to know your colleagues and the people who you work with, um, it really is a family atmosphere. And so it was really cool to see that as a student and see how these people have been athletic trainers for 50 years and they know all, all hundred people or whatever in this room right now. And they've been able to bounce ideas off of each other and they've been able to work side by side with them throughout their careers um, so just getting to see that family atmosphere and getting to see how, even though I, I was still a student, um, yeah, it was just really cool to be able to see that and see the profession that I would be entering into. Um, so yeah, I think that was really big for me. Wow. That is, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's super cool. Like actually those are like two things. Your experience at Heidelberg is, yeah, much, much different than what mine was. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, these are, you know, right off the bat, your freshman year, you know, the observation hours was, again, unique to the athletic uh, training degree. But then even, like, this experience, I mean, I can see for sure how this would be a um, a positively, like, overwhelming experience for you and for you to not just say, okay, this is what I want to get my degree in so that I can, you know, make a paycheck every two weeks, but, like, you know, to really like fall in love to with the industry, yes. being able to see these different connections, uh, you know, the networking piece of it, the community piece of it, and just, you know, being able to, like you said, listen to their whys and you know, things that I'm sure you potentially probably never thought about as a 19, 20 year old. Right. And then to hear, you know, professionals and those that have been in the industry for so long and for them to impart that knowledge on you, you know, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, that is awesome. Um, yeah. No, I mean, that's it was really, really cool. cool. It was awesome to go through that and then to think like, okay, yeah, whenever I graduate, whenever I'm looking for a job, I can talk to this person or I know I can reach out to this person. And even if they don't have a job for me, they're going to make sure that I get a job somewhere. Um, so that was really cool. Yeah. And you said that was as a sophomore, right? 
yeah so sophomore through senior year basically i was in those organizations wow yeah that is invaluable that is yeah uh, that's sweet so then i guess so with that you know the networking piece uh you know you kind of i guess alluded to post-graduation then you know you graduate from iowa university what did post-graduation look like for you um in that next step yeah so graduating from heidelberg um so i guess to be an athletic trainer in ohio at least in, in most states you have to take a certification exam your senior year to become certified and then once you're certified you have to become licensed in your state and so coming out of graduation i was certified and i was licensed so i i really had a few options i could have gone out and looked for a job right out of graduation or I could go on and get my master's or my doctorate um, in like a few different things. So I had decided to go on and get my master's um, mostly because a lot of master's programs in athletic training, they come with a graduate assistantship. And so basically it's, you go to school, you get your master's for free. You also do a job and you get a small stipend. And so it's basically two free years of job experience mm-hmm. while you're getting a master's degree. Um, so, yeah, that's what I had decided to do. There were only a few places I was looking. And that was it was basically the University of Toledo or Bowling Green. Um so yeah, I I really did not want to go to the University of Toledo because I had heard that their program was really tough. Um, so not only are you taking master's classes and doing a graduate assistantship, you're also conducting original research and doing a master's thesis project. So wow. yeah, it was it was very intimidating and. I really did not want to do it, um, but I did. So, yeah, spent two years after Heidelberg up in Toledo doing all that. Um, it ended up being really great. So, yeah. Is it? I've never really thought about it until now. Um, and, it, I mean, I suppose you're not the only person. But, I mean, I know there's a decent rivalry there between Toledo and BG. Like, you know, do you ever get, like, flack from that, from, you know, people within BG or the community and the people that you know that, like, you know, the fact that you are a rocket, uh, graduated um, from UT, or are you not, you know, like, that big of a rocket? Just, um, yeah, any <laughs> Yeah, I have definitely gotten flack for it. Um, so the church we go to is a college church here in Bowling Green. So everyone that we go to church with, all the students, all the staff, they have a lot of BGSU spirit. Um, And so not only did I go to UT for my master's, I now technically work for the University of Toledo. (laughs) And so like sometimes I'll come from work and be wearing like a Toledo sports medicine shirt and pretty much always get a comment for that. But I personally am not, I don't care a ton about the rivalry. I think if it came down to it, my allegiances would probably lie with BGSU, honestly. So, mm. fair enough. I mean, that's where you live, and that's where you know the people. It was just you got yeah. to agree. Yeah. And I guess the employment. Um, so let's dive in. I mean, I really want to dive into today. Then, so you know, today you, I mean, you had these multiple incredible experiences 
um, you know, eye-opening experiences. Then, you know, he went through a very difficult program um, at Toledo, the University of Toledo. And now being an athletic trainer at Toledo Christian, and you have, is it one year under your belt, correct? Yeah, well, yeah, one year at Toledo Christian. Yeah, yep. one year at TC. Um, so, I mean, one year in, you know, how do you hmm, – what what was the best thing about the last year, you know? And maybe, I mean, actually, no, better question, actually. Better question, more specific. Okay. Is what were, what was some of the main differences between, you know, the full-time employment at Toledo Christian compared to being a DA for those two years? I mean, obviously, you don't have that combined workload of the classes when it mm-hmm. comes to outside of the athletic training. But as far as the actual athletic training portion of it, like yeah. was it very very similar if not like the same position or what were those differences at Toledo Christian um yeah so it turned out to be very different um from my time as a GA so while I was a GA I worked at in inner city school in Toledo um just a very big public school and it was a great school um but it just presented a lot of challenges. So on top of being in classes and doing a thesis and being really tired and overworked all the time, um, sometimes it was just a really challenging population to work with. So it was a lot of kids who don't have great home lives and they don't have much support from their parents and there's a lot of behavior issues. And so, yeah, going from that, to now being at Toledo Christian where it's a very small private Christian school where, um, yeah, the things that they teach, there are very solid. Um, families send their kids there because they want them to get a really good Christian education. And so for the most part, the population there is very different than the last school I was at. Um, so overall it's been, just really great to make that change. Um, it makes my job so much easier because the kids have really great home lives. They've been brought up really well. And so they're really respectful and nice kids. Um, they're really responsible. I can tell them that, Hey, you need to come in for rehab these days each week. And, Most of the time, I will forget that I've told them that, but they're there (laughs) on time, if not early, Hmm. nine times out of ten. And just the parent involvement, I think, is really huge. Um, I know that if, like, a kid gets injured and I have to call their parents, that their parents are going to be really concerned. They're going to want to do everything in their power to make it right for their kid. Um, but they're also very respectful of me and very trusting of me. And so, um, that can honestly be like one of the biggest challenges for athletic trainers working in high schools. And it's been really nice to be at TC and just be welcomed by that community. Um, and really, I feel like they trusted me from day one and I don't know that I really deserved that, um, but they did. So, yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Um, you know, I, I was actually thinking, as you were mentioning the differences, and that was going to be actually my next question, and I was thinking, I'm like, I wonder if there are any difficulties with the parents 
You know, I, I mean, the good and bad, obviously, it's great that they are involved, but then sometimes mm-hmm. having very involved parents, um, you know, as a coach, as, you know, in your case, an athletic trainer could potentially mm-hmm. cause, could cause, um, you know, some friction there in different situations. But that is awesome that it sounds like they were very receptive and very respectful and, you know, trusting of you yeah. from day one. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you definitely hear a lot of horror stories about working at a private school. Um, and sometimes like the situations you can get in with parents because yeah, they can, like, they are very involved. They want to do everything in their power that they can, but sometimes that can get to be too much. Um, and luckily I have not experienced that yet at Toledo Christian. Um, I know a lot of my colleagues have at their different schools. Um, but yeah, I've been very, very lucky with the people I get to work with at TC. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I'm glad to hear that for you. Um, so I, I guess the next question is, you know, a a joke that gets made a lot about the athletic training. I mean, the joke and even announcers, you know, I'm pretty sure at NFL games, NBA games, you know, on television, announcers and such have made comments. So I want to hear, you know, what when somebody says an athletic trainer is just a glorified water boy or actually what mm. was it? Who was it that uh, there was somewhere I remember seeing online that said, can you believe that water boys get paid? I don't know, $70,000 a year in the NFL. And then people yeah. are applying to it and they're like, those aren't water boys. Like <laughs> right. those are certified athletic trainers. Yeah. So with that, you know, misconception, that joke, like what is your rebuttal? What is your response when people, you know, just say or think people obviously that have no clue what you do, but regardless, um, you know, again, I mean, we're talking about announcers, talking about people yeah. that are very involved with the sports community that are just so lost and confused on what the athletic training industry really is. Yeah, that is, that is definitely tough. Um, and that's something that I would say every athletic trainer struggles with. It's really hard um, to, cause honestly it feels it feels like we are being disrespected when people talk like that. Um, and when they make those jokes, is that always the case? Probably not, but that's how it, it feels. Um, so yeah, it's really hard. I try to be gracious about it and I try to be patient and try to find ways to teach people about what athletic trainers do and who we are. Um, but that's also really hard to do because people have a lot of preconceived notions about what athletic trainers do. Um, so yeah, I would say that that is definitely one of those toughest parts of my job. Um, but really I just, I try to approach it as just trying to teach my small little sphere of influence at Toledo Christian. So I try to, whatever, let my athletes really see what I do, let parents see what I do. I try to be really transparent about um, my job and the the things I do every day. Um, but it's sometimes it gets overwhelming and it's hard to feel like that's ever going to change. Um, hmm. Yeah, especially because, I mean, most of what people are seeing and hearing is on social media with 
whatever, like you said, um, sportscasters and on nationally televised games and things like that. And so I feel like one little negative comment almost feels like it sets us back like 10 years, even though we've made a lot of progress. Hmm. Yeah, no, I'm sure that's hard. I'm sure that's hard to hear. And, and I mean, yeah, to be honest, Marin, I really wanted to bring that up because I just wanted to make your blood boil a little bit. Uh, <laughs> of course. Oh, <laughs> podcast. Um, you know, but, you know, for anybody that's listening that may not know you personally, I think, yeah, uh, I mean, I was smiling as you were saying that. I'm like, that summarizes <laughs> Marin Gerbrick in, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds. You know, I mean, I just say that these people basically are giving you and all athletic trainers a smack across the face. And your response is, <laughs> I quote, I try to be gracious and patient with it. Listen, I said I try. It doesn't mean I always <laughs> succeed. <laughs> I'm like, that is Marin Gerberg right there. You know, gracious <laughs> and patient. And I try to find ways to educate them. I'm like, that is a very, very yeah. mature approach to take. Well, thanks, Tom. <laughs> I should have known that you're just trying to grind my gears and get my blood boiling. Well, yeah, but I mean... Obviously, I was trying to get your blood boiling, but like you said, you know, it's something that I'm sure all athletic trainers struggle with because there is mm-hmm. that, uh, unfortunately, that uh, I don't want to say like cloud over top of the industry, but mm-hmm. just a very common misconception. Yeah, and I think one thing that I've noticed is people really try to understand athletic trainers in relation to other professions. So what I mean by that is people say things to me all the time, like, oh, so do you want to be a doctor next? Or like, oh, are you trying to be a physical therapist? Like they don't understand that athletic training is my career and that, Hmm. yeah, there are aspects of what I do that are similar to what a doctor does or similar to what a physical therapist does. But athletic training in and of itself is its own career. Um, I think, yeah, that's, that's always really hard because I think people come at it from a place of just trying to understand and they do that in the best way they know how, but a lot of times that can be really, I don't know, kind of offensive, honestly, because I don't tell people this, but if you tell me like, oh, so you're going to be a doctor next, or you want to be a doctor, I've done six years of school. And so to hear that well, I'm really, I'm not really that great unless I'm a doctor hmm. is hard. Um, and it's just like, if you were to tell a teacher like, oh, so are you trying to be a principal next? Or right. like Tom, he's a youth pastor. If you say to him like, oh, so are you trying to be like a head pastor down the line? Like, no, those things on their own are professions and they are careers. And yeah, I think people just don't always understand that. Yeah. Um, wow. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that was good. I mean, I, yeah, I agree. Cause it is, uh, like you said, I don't know if people intentionally, you know, I don't feel like they are maliciously making that comment, but they, it's just a lack of understanding and they just assume that for whatever reason, they assume that being a teacher or excuse me, being an athletic trainer is a stepping stone in your career mm-hmm. rather than, you know, and it was funny because you saying that, and then you even bringing it up and it made me think of Tom, you know, and yeah. on my interview with Tom, we literally talked about that exact same thing that yeah. most people just assume, well, a youth pastor means like, 
you're youthful yourself, you're in your 20s and 30s, but eventually you're going to become, you know, a quote-unquote real pastor. And it's like, no, like, this is what I love to do. I love to work with kids. Like, I'm not just doing this. You know, this isn't a stepping stone in my career. This is my career. Um, Yeah. I, I think your analogy to teachers is a great analogy and one that 99% 99% of people are going to be able to understand that, oh, you know, nobody makes that comment about a teacher. Like, hey, you know, when are you going to get into administration? Right. I mean, there are a lot of many, 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 many people that absolutely love teaching and stay in that industry for their entire careers. Yeah. You know, but nobody sure. thinks that about teaching, but teaching is just a little bit better known of a yeah industry compared to athletic training or ministry. Right. For sure. And I think it's, like you said, everyone has experiences with teachers because everyone goes to school. But I mean, really, unless you were an athlete and then probably unless you got injured at some point as an athlete, like you probably didn't see that much of what your athletic trainer did. And so that's a really small part of the population. And then within that, where you were, do people even pay attention if they are, whatever, in the athletic training room, getting treatment or getting taped, do they pay attention to what their athletic trainer is doing? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's reasons like that. It's why I I try to be a little more patient with it, even though it's very hard. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I love it. I love you sharing your heart, Maren. Uh, That was great. That was a great nugget right there. Thanks. Just been waiting for a soapbox, Dom. (laughs) And that's what this podcast is for. The Young Pro Show is your soapbox. So let's, you know, we've talked about your past, talked about your present, where you are currently at, at Toledo Christian. You know, for you as an athletic athletic trainer, what do, you know, as of now, you know, what do you see as your five, your ten-year plan um, you know, one year in now, I'm sure there was lots of things that you learned, but where do you see yourself in your career in the near future? Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I really see myself exactly where I am right now. Um, this past year, I really have been able to see how my position at Toledo Christian is, just a huge blessing in my life. And I think it's a really great fit for me. Um, and so I would say it's one of my, my biggest goals to stay at Toledo Christian for at least five or 10 years. Um, yeah. I feel like not many people probably say that they just want to stay where they are, but that's how I feel. No, that is awesome. I mean, I, you know, I, I agree. Not very many people say that, but it's awesome that you are in a position to where, you know, you, especially, I mean, you're an entire year in and you say, I love it here. I love it here. I love what I'm doing. I love the people that I'm with. I feel like most people don't have that answer because most people don't feel that way. Right. I mean, in your case, I mean, most people don't feel that way a year into their first job out of college, you know, their first full-time job, uh, you know, typically, uh, if they even make it 12 months in, they typically don't say, yeah, I want to stay here for the next five, 10 years. They say, wow, right. this is, you know, they have the mindset of this is definitely a stepping stone and yeah. I'm trying to move somewhere else. It's definitely not common too for athletic trainers to stay in the high school setting for a long time. Um, 
So I think that's kind of been a personal career goal of mine is to stay at Toledo Christian or wherever I am for most of my career, um, however long that may be. So, yeah, I think that is like one of my biggest motivations because I think high school kids and middle school kids, they, I mean, those are some hard years of your life. And I think it doesn't get any easier when you have someone that you trust at school and they're only there for a year or two. Hmm. And so, yeah, I've kind of made it my personal mission to stay in one place for at least five years, if not 10. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. And then you can have that, you know, you're, I mean, with athletes through an entire high school, you know, from freshman yeah. to seniors and through, you know, I mean, 10 years is multiple classes you're able to see all the way through and just being able to be there as a part of, you know, you and Tom with that one, two punch in, right. uh, you know, <laughs> you within the youth of our, yeah. you know, the youth of our communities within, you know, youth ministry and within athletic training and in the school setting. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. That's awesome, Aaron. So the last question I have for you then today, um, you know, you say you want to stay with where you are for the next five to ten years. But I guess the question is within that five to ten years, like how, uh, you know, and this is potentially, I guess, ignorance of the athletic training industry as well. But how do you see yourself growing within, you know, as an athletic trainer? How do you see yourself you know, becoming better at your profession in that time and being able to, you know, further help athletes and obviously further help athletes that they can, you know, contribute to their team success? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Because I'm sure you don't, you know, while you say you want to stay where you are position-wise within five to ten years, I'm sure you would say, yeah, I don't want to be the exact same athletic trainer in five to ten years as what I am today, but what do those differences look like? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the biggest thing is I really want to be just a mainstay in the community of Toledo Christian. Um, I want to be one of those people who five years down the line, something happens and everyone thinks, Oh yeah, we have to tell Marin or we have to get this person to see Marin. Um, Right now there's one of the parents in the community um, is a family doctor. And so I hear his name a a ton just because people respect him so much and people, their first instinct is, Oh yeah, we can take this person to go see this doctor. And he's an awesome guy. And he is such a great addition to the community. Um, But yeah, I think something like that is kind of my goal. Um, I want families I want to get to know families instead of just one athlete and then, okay, they're gone. So I'm not in touch with their family anymore. Um, it's really one of my goals to get to know families however I can. Um, because say there's a family with four kids and their oldest gets injured while they're in high school. And then, through that, I get to meet the parents and earn the parents' trust. And so then as those three kids come up through middle school and high school, it's really nice. Or I, I imagine it'll be very nice to have the trust of those parents and their confidence for them to know, okay, my kids 
are at school, they're playing sports. And yeah, maybe they're doing something slightly dangerous, but Marin is there. I know she's going to take care of my kids. Um, I think that's, yeah, one of the biggest motivations for me. And I think more so than just families, I also want to be that in the school. And so um, I really, I try to get to know teachers whenever I can. Um, I try to, I've tried to form a good relationship with the school nurse and the school administration and things like that. Um, Because even though I don't work very closely with those people, it still is, is really good for the kids and good for the families when everyone at their school knows each other. There's this trust that they all have together. Um, And especially being at a Christian school, it's so nice to know that at the end of the day, all the teachers and the coaches and the administration and myself, we all care the most about um, showing the kids who Jesus is and what it looks like to follow him. Um, So yeah, I would say just really trying to put down roots at TC and just be a consistent person for the people in that community. Boom. Boom. The microphone, call it. <laughs> That's a wrap. I love it. That was honestly, that was a great answer that it's, you know, Thanks, for you in the next, you know, what that looks like is not necessarily from, I mean, obviously there's the athletic, the purely functional aspect of being, you know, athletic trainer, but then, you know, you really want to build a community, you know, you want to build a community and, you know, get to know their families, get to know Mm -hmm. the, again, the entire school system, um, you know, in the school district and such, and just really get plugged in and be known as a, uh, I don't want to say a household name, but I'm not sure how else to say it within Toledo Christian, you know, and just know, oh yeah, Marin, she's the bond, you know, kind of like, I mean, I'm sure we can both sit here and think back to different teachers uh, mm-hmm. or coaches in our high school that would say, oh, yeah, you know, like this English teacher, she was the bomb or this coach. And, you know, being able to have that community role. Um, yeah. Just somebody even down the road, even once somebody graduates from Toledo Christian in five years, 10 years, they look back and they say, wow. Like now that I think about it, like Marin had such a passion for me oh. as a student and, you know, she just really cared. Like, there are multiple teachers, I think, look back now. I'm like, yeah, I didn't realize it at the time. But now I'm like, dude, that teacher loved their job, and they loved yeah. the kids, and they were the exact person that you want in that position, you know? Yeah. And for you, that's for sure. the way that you want to be right now. And then also, you know, for those TC alumni to be able mm-hmm. to look back on you. Yeah. Um, and I always, I always joke with my athletes now, because sometimes they'll ask like, Marin, how long do you think you're going to be here? And I always joke like, well, maybe I'll be here someday when you bring your kids here. And honestly, like I say as a joke, but I would love that. And I think it would just be so cool to be able to see alumni down the road and see their families and yeah, just have that trust there on a whole nother level. For sure. Generational impact. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dream. That is awesome. Why? Well, that is awesome, Aaron. I really appreciate, uh, you know, you taking your time and you're just, again, you just opening up and sharing your heart on the, on the athletic training industry. Uh, you yeah. know, for what it's worth, you know, somebody that as myself, I would say is, you know, within your, uh, you know, 
earlier you referred to as the group of influence. I mean, I think you have and you are doing a great job at just, you know, opening up the eyes of the individuals within your, myself included, uh, you know, in that group of influence and just being able mm-hmm. to provide insight on, again, the athletic training industry as a whole and just different yeah. misconceptions, why it's important, you know, um, and all those other details of it. So I think you are doing phenomenal at that and... You know, wow. I'm just, I'm really just happy that I can provide this soapbox for you just to <laughs> and just to let loose for an hour on here. Thing, yeah. Thanks so much, Dom. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, no, I really appreciate that. Yep. And it's been really great to talk about this stuff with you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Young Pro Show. You can interact on social media. The Young Pro Show is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My personal pages can be found at DJFry25. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to the show. I love you all from the bottom of my heart. And God bless you.